This is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us. See, we've been waiting on this one for 10 years. Sacrificing our bodies with blood, sweat, and tears. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold, and on this lovely Valentine's Day, I get to spend it with this handsome man on my right, the Garnet Texan. What a wonderful Valentine's Day. Hey, you made my Valentine's Day, so (laughs) thank you so much for that. Dude shows up early. little pause on that one. They're probably wondering what I did to make you have (laughs) such a a wonderful Valentine's Day. You need to explain yourself now just a little bit. Jen showed up and surprised us to babysit. So let me and my wife have a Valentine's Day, which is, that is the most stand-up guy thing you can can do. Well, Especially as a guy. Like, guys don't show up in babysitting. You showed up in babysitting. I mean, I love kids man it's just the way it is but i mean you guys first child jack's only one new city like i remember that you guys got to have time for yourself so until you make time for yourself it's really hard to keep going so nah no big deal so slow week in ish. texans land yeah i guess ish, ish. right There's some stuff going There's on some interesting things you want to dive into the Dwayne brown stuff or do you want to go david amerson nuck recruiting Coaching staff finalized. I mean, there's a lot of different er- jerseys versus non-jerseys. Well, let's just start with the jerseys because that's a little bit fun. <laughs> All right. So John was giving me... No, he didn't give me any crap, but he just kind of said... I told him that I'm not... So Okay, so I, I bought a Deshaun Watson jersey. And it's the first jersey I've ever bought. Never bought a Texans jersey. I'm not a fan of wearing jerseys. And a lot of it is tied to the whole Colin Cowherd. If you haven't heard the Colin Cowherd analogy of the Jersey guy, just Google it. And it'll, sure, it'll be the first clip if you title Colin Cowherd Jersey guy. Uh, I'm pretty sure it'll be the first hit on YouTube. But basically, it's... It's f- one of his more well-known segments because you you still see people tweet it out. Yeah. Or it's like a hashtag, they, too. Like the comments from it. Like, right. don't be that Jersey guy. I mean... I don't know. My my whole point is, it all it all started because my wife got a Watt jersey. Yeah, and she was so happy about it. Liberty hey, White, it's beautiful. Yeah, and she's excited about it. And James was just like, you know, I'm not normally a Jersey guy, and I'm like, what? Why not? <laughs> and that's why the Colin Cowherd. Well, that's not the only reason why. I just I also just feel like uh, it's very easy for people to buy a jersey like if, if you're doing okay in life financially you can easily buy a jersey and throw it on and just be looked at as that dedicated fan well and i mean even- a lot of times that's not the case like there's people who have season tickets to the texans and wear a jersey and that's i mean they don't even watch the game they go because it's a corporate event or they go because it's just what they do it's like I don't feel like a jersey solidifies the fandom anymore. I feel like that's kind of changed. I don't. I don't feel like it's what it used to be. Yeah, I mean they're so easy to get now. They are, but to me it's just fun. Like there's I just no it. no other reason other than it's fun. You go out every year. You pick out your your one jersey, because um, I mean they're not cheap. 
Even unless no. you're even getting a knockoff after you pay for shipping it, you're dropping at least fifty dollars on it. Yeah, I dropped sixty get, on mine. To get a good one, you're gonna spend over a hundred, and to get the one with all stitched and everything, yeah, two twenty five, three twenty, three hundred bucks for the nice one. And, and that's you, kind of what started the conversation with right? me saying I wouldn't spend that much on a jersey, and I wouldn't. But didn't you? No, I only spent sixty dollars. Oh, you only spent sixty? Yeah, yeah. So Nike had a sale. It was like. Oh. Uh, Deshaun's jersey specifically was on sale for $65 plus an additional 25% off of that plus free shipping. So I think it ended up being like $52. Okay. And then I ended up getting it for free because they accidentally sent me the battle red instead of the vapor blue, which is truly, honestly, I probably would have worn it every day because that color <laughs> is sexy and it just looks really good. But anyway, so they didn't have the vapor blue. I contacted Nike. They told me that they were out of stock. They refunded me my money and just let me keep the jersey. So fantastic. I ended up not paying anything for the jersey. So now I feel a lot better about it. But I don't know. I just, I'd rather like have a nice Texans jacket. Like I literally, and I, you know what? I think I actually found the, the root of the problem. I fucking hate our logo. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> I just realized that I just started wearing Texans hats after 12 years of only wearing an L.A. Dodgers hat my entire life. I've bought three Texans hats in the span of two years. No, a year since this podcast. So maybe it's the logo. I mean, it's... I hate that logo. It's, it's so childish. angry late 90s. It is, it is dated. It reminds me of the Mighty Ducks. And we are... Yeah, it, exactly. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it's that... Over, I mean, it's not a duck, obviously, but... It's that over-aggressive... Well, I mean... Cartoon. That... The uh, the the second movie, Mighty Duck. Yeah, D2. That, yeah, that Mighty Duck. That's, that's ex- what it looks like. It's the same style. That's what bothers me, I think. And we're going to be stuck with that logo for a while because they wanted it to be iconic. That wherever you see the logo, you'll instantly know it's the team. So we're going to be stuck with it. Okay, because I wore a Kobe jersey from the time I was 17 until I was about 28. Mm-hmm. So that was on every weekend. So I, I realize now that, yeah, I, I just, I really don't like our, lo- I love, I love this team. For anybody doubting my fandom, I'm sitting here on a Wednesday at 840 when I have to be at work in the morning talking about this team. So <laughs> don't throw no shit my way on Twitter. Um, no, I think it's a sorry, fair a argument. I mean, there. I think the blue is boring, but when we do the red with the blue pants. Oh, beautiful. I think that looks, I actually think that looks really good. The vapor blue, though. Um, and the vapor blue, the <laughs> co- our color, we actually had one of the few good color rushes. I would agree. I would rather have that color rush jersey every week than our regular Liberty blue. Yep, I agree. And in doses, the white's okay. When we wear it every single week, it gets old. I agree. But I'm I just, okay with the Liberty. Eh, I don't know. But when it's just the blue, the blue just it drives me up the wall. Like you can't even go and find like, you know how like Twitter and like fantasy football sites they have all the like the fun little jerseys, yep. and you're like, is that a Giants or is that a Texans? Yeah, I hate that feeling. Yeah, you, I agree. You can always figure out which ones, up in, or the Cowboys, but you can't figure out which ones the Texans. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I I'm glad that we had this conversation because I truly realized the problem. I really just don't like our logo. Yeah, I mean, I hate our name and I and I hate our logo. At, I don't know how I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of this cool. team because I, I hate the name. I'm cool with the name. Yeah. There's no other state in the nation that I think you can get away with that. There isn't. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, I remember living in North Carolina wearing my Texans hat. One of the things that really, really endeared me to being a Texans fan and not just because they're from Texas is when somebody's like instantly, oh, you're from Texas. You've got a Texans hat on. 
Because if you have a Cowboys hat, people are like, you're from... Oh, like, oh, you're from San Diego. Or Oh, you're anywhere. from New York. <laughs> oh, you, you're from Minneapolis. You just grew up in the 90s. That's all it oh, is. Oh, you're from Houston. Because <laughs> there's a ton of those fuck nuts. Oh, there really is. Oh, anyways. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I'm just not a Jersey guy. Okay. Fair enough. Texans jersey guy, I guess. Hey, man. I just say, you do you. Do whatever makes you happy. If you don't want to wear jerseys, I don't wear jerseys. I sick, slick all black Texans hat with the black logo from lids the other day. And I am a fan of that. My favorite Texans hat is the all black with the colored bull that B.O.B. wears all the time. Mm -hmm. Big fan, big fan of that hat, but I don't know. I'm biased as an Astros fan, but you know, that Astros hat that's black on black with the H and the star. Yep. I think that's, I think that's a really, I think that's a good hat. Yeah. Um, Obviously, J.J. Watt wears it all the freaking time. Yeah, he's a bit of a fanboy. Um, but I wish that the Texans had something that could be like that, and you really can't do it with our our, our bull slash longhorn slash yeah. whatever you want to call it. But it's supposed to be a T on top of that. Oh, is that, yeah. is that real? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. The, uh, the way they have the horns and everything, it's supposed to be a T as well as a bull hmm. all at the same time. There's a little too much going on there. A little too much. I wonder if they went on Fiverr the- and got somebody to create that. <laughs> You've got the you got the you got the flag motif. You got your your cattle motif, Jeez. and uh, and it's supposed to be a T on top of that. So. All right, well, let's get into some football, I guess. Probably tired of hearing us about jerseys. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll let you pick. We'll go through. We'll do this like a like a uh, the Price is Right, where the I roll the thing. And well, then you just we could start with Emerson because it'll kind of be a good discussion on what we think our philosophy on free agents will okay. be this year. What do you What are your thoughts on Emerson? Um, I think he'd be good as a depth signing. Okay. Um, as I've ranted previously, I think that the fact that for like five years in a row we've been the second or third youngest team is absolute crap. We We should start to age at some point. Sure. We should start to invest in you know. We don't have to go out and make these huge splash free agent signings. If you look at like teams like the Eagles, teams like the Patriots, they make key veteran free sign free agent signings. They don't it doesn't necessarily have to be this huge splash, most expensive top of the market guy. Sure. But they go out and they find like a dozen guys that contribute. Now, can you think of a time where we could do that with corner though? Well, no with what we have. With what we have, I think that we go out and we make maybe one or two real big free agent signings, and then we sign quite, I hope we sign several, like mid-range. Sure. And I'm well, actually- we're to sign mid-range no matter what, because yeah. of the draft. I'm actually really hoping that we have one big signing and then a lot of smaller signings. Okay. That would be my dream free agency, and- I don't even particularly care who the one big signing is, if it's a safety or if it's a corner, if it's an offensive lineman. Um, but I think that with our offensive line, we need to attack it with depth. I think with our safeties, we need to, our, and our secondary, both our safeties and corners, we need to attack it with depth. Again, we've talked about how our starting 22 last year would have gone toe-to-toe with anybody. Yeah. We just we didn't have any depth, and I know it's hard to have depth when you have more injuries than any other team in the league, but that has been our problem year in, year out. Sure. Our starters can hang with top-tier teams. We just we get 
they just essentially grind us to a pulp. Our secondary, our, our special teams suck because we have way too many rookies and first-year players on special teams, so they don't get better. I got a solution to our special teams, but go ahead. Okay. Um, now I've lost my train of thought. But essentially it's because we – that was Rick Smith's philosophy. You invest heavily on your, on your top tier, and then you have a much smaller mid-tier, and then they have this philosophy – the, the bottom tier is ja- you're jagged, you're just another guy. Sure. Which nobody in the NFL is just another guy. But they kind of viewed all of those lower players as just another guy, as places to save money, and that they were easily replaceable. I think that middle tier should be a little bit bigger. Okay. Maybe the top tier a little bit smaller. And the bottom tier a lot smaller. I like that thought process. I've never actually looked at it that way. I, I would agree. I think, uh, I think there's a major drop-off from our top to our bottom tier players um i think that and uh, so to david amerson i actually think david amerson's an average corner in this league uh i think i think that that raiders team is just not very good on defense and i think the coaching staff was not very good at coaching the defense he was okay his rookie year right and then he was okay his sophomore year then had a major drop off, and it was the last two years he's just been god awful. I think he had like seven interceptions his second year, or maybe it was his first two years combined. Well, or he was something like that. he was pretty solid. He was okay with Washington. Um, he got cut from Washington, went to Oakland, and then had a great, great year. And yeah. then signed this huge contract, and then last year he was bad. Yeah, and. He, the thought process I've read on the scouting with him is he's a better um, zone cover. He's not fast enough to play man. And he's, I mean, you look at him back at NC State, I think he set the uh, record for uh, interceptions in a year. Yep. So he's kind of like a ball hawk. Now, he's one of those guys that I actually think that if we invest more in veteran mid-tier players, he's one of those guys that has the potential to come out of nowhere, and we kind of load up on those type of guys. Now, do I necessarily think he will? No. But I think that if you sign him for a lower amount of prove-it deal, he's one of those guys that could be, be a good candidate to do that. Yeah. I, I, I just think that uh, with the right coaching staff, I think he could be okay. I think he could be as good as Kareem Jackson. Uh, well, Kareem needs some for safety. We've been saying that. I just don't see it. <laughs> you know, he's already playing the, safety. He you know, can't but, cover, but he's the best run-stopping cornerback uh, in the league. He just needs to move to safety. We need to inv- If he moves to safety, we just need to invest in corners. That's our game-changing safety. Scream Jackson. Well, maybe that's the case. Maybe that's what they're doing, but I, I don't know. I haven't seen or heard anything out of the Texans <clears throat> as that happening, and I don't know. I like. I would love for Cream to play safety. I think he's got the build. He's got the. He play, He can play in the box, uh, and and that's kind of the way the league's going as far as usually you're finding your safeties by converting your corners, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he'd be a good signing, and I think you can get him for reasonably cheap. I think you could probably get him on like a one-year prove-it type deal, maybe a two-year deal, and just see if he can fit the scheme and play the type of defense that we want to play. But And if not, like no worries. There's plenty of corners 
in this free agent market. Uh, EJ Gaines, Malcolm Butler, Tremaine Johnson, uh, Gear Boy, Kyle Fuller. Uh, so I'm not really too worried about it, but I would like two corners this this uh, this free agency period. Yeah. Um, but safety, I think safety is the biggest need. I would take I safety think over. We're def- I, I, I'm willing to bet we sign two corners if we don't let JJ walk. If JJ walks, we'll sign three. Do you think we'll let JJ, JJ walk? I don't know. I honestly have no clue at this point. Like that is that is a million dollar question. I have no idea. I don't think Bill O'Brien will let JJ walk. I don't. I don't think so. Um, but I don't know. I I really don't know. Everybody's been quiet. I mean, JJ says he wants to stay. Usually, if they want to stay, they make a way to with a player like him. They kind of make a way to, for it to happen. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, which kind of goes into your. Or until our our new GM apparently yeah. have you have you all noticed our new Twitter GM? What? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, DeAndre. DeAndre. First, I was thinking like, is Brian Gaines talk, talking on Twitter? What, are you, <laughs> what did I miss? No, uh, huh? He's he's, he's yeah, he's you making know, moves out there. So Malcolm Butler, I get. I'd be totally on board with. I like Malcolm Butler. Uh, I don't like Malcolm Butler just because of the Super Bowl play. I, I like the way he plays the position. Uh, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham five years ago? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jimmy Graham now? I mean, I know everybody thinks that we need a tight end, and, and CJ obviously is he's talking about retiring now. Uh, so it, it's being vocalized. It's not just a, a rumor anymore. It's, um, it, it's, it's actually being talked about by him. Uh, I would rather us not sign Jimmy Graham and, and for us to just draft another tight end in like the third or, or fourth round, if I'm being honest, uh, or take a flyer on like a... I really like that kid out of uh, NC State, Jalen Samuel. Uh, I haven't done any of my scouting oh, man. yet, so don't start go, quizzing me. I'm not quizzing you. I'm just telling you, go look him up. NC he's State a tight end. He's tight end slash wide receiver slash running back. So he's like Steven Anderson. So, no. Oh, no, running back. Whoa. Running back. Yeah. Okay. Um, his scouting report, real quickly, he could he profiles as a solid third down running back. Okay. So, but he's being invited to the combine as a tight end. So he's that type of player. Keep an eye on. He was on Bill O'Brien's squad at the uh, at the North South game. Um, keep an eye on him. I think that he's somebody that would be really interesting. But the reason I brought up Hopkins is I absolutely love it. I love the fact That's that he's, what we need he's to tweet, be doing. He, yeah. Between him and Watson, I think that we will have a better chance of veterans coming to Houston on prove-it deals. The veterans that do that, they're always looking for a place that's going to improve their stock. But before we get into all that, let me let me ask you this. How are, and I know I hate to have to bring this up, but how are Bob McNair's comments during the season going to affect our free agency? I don't think it will now. You don't think it will now? No. Why don't because of Watson? Yeah. You think that that's that's Yep. You don't you okay. I well, okay. All right. I mean, if you if I don't you think are getting you, players like from Seattle. Oh yeah. I mean, if I mean, you, I'd love to get Earl Thomas, but I, they all they're all very you, you know, they all have their own opinions. They they are not going to play for an owner like that. Yeah. And I mean, I don't fault anybody for it, no, but at the same time opinions. A lot of the players have made comments about how they think the owners think of them like that anyways. True. So what's it matter? They're going out there to play for their brothers. 
and that's fair with Watson and his effect on people. I think that that's going to override. And then Bill O'Brien with his effect on people. I think that. Oh, I can't wait to get into this whole Bill O'Brien thing, by the way. I got some heat coming. You got some heat? Well, we start talking about Julian Brown, but we'll get into it. Okay. I think that I think having Watson and Bill O'Brien still there means for at least this year, definitely. Yeah. It won't make, I don't think it'll make a difference. I hope you're right. And I think that there are some players out there, even the top tier players that, that whether it be Eric Reed or Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, the educated players that, you know, uh, speak their mind. I think some of them can learn or, or can not learn. Forgive me. That's the wrong, that's the wrong term. Can just not speak on it and know that the contract's here and that winning is important. And that becomes the end all be all. I don't, I don't think, I think a player like Richard Sherman could come in here and, and he's not gonna keep his mouth shut. Cause it's not what Richard Sherman does, but I think he, he'll take a risk and come here no matter what Bob McNair has said, because you're right. They all kind of view the owners that way. Uh, yeah. I, I never really thought about it that way. That's true. And uh, um, at the same time, it's... But I don't want Jimmy Graham. It, it all depends on the money for me. You get him for the right contract. Do we I, need him, though? Yes. You don't think Steven Anderson looked fine with Deshaun? Because I, Desha- I, thought, I thought Steven Anderson looked fine with Deshaun. Everybody looked fine with Deshaun. I thought Ryan Griffin but... looked fine with Deshaun. <laughs> Ryan Griffin looked really good with Deshaun. Right. But so I thought that too, but then we, I we need another tight end. Um we, we won't go in with two. I think that if it's if it, if the money's right, he's not necessarily my first choice. I don't want to spend a ton of money, but if it's the right sort of deal. So let's break it down. We're at fifty six million right now. Uh we cut Kush, that's eight saved. So that puts us at sixty four. We cut Allen and there's like one more. We can get to 70, mm-hmm. basically. Let's take away 20 million for BMAC and McKinney. Clowney. I mean, BMAC and Clowney. And take 20 million total. Clowney and Merck. Oh, you think Merck's going to get a deal this year? Yeah. He has two more years on his deal. I think that'll be more likely to than Merck. We don't know what we do anymore. I'm just saying we have not done that. Well, we have once. Yeah. We didn't do it for Dwayne. We think we're going to do it for Merck. We haven't done it. I think they're going to they're going to try and roll over some cap for Merck if they don't necessarily sign him this year. Okay. So you don't think that they'll extend uh, BMAC? Just Clowney? BMAC's not up yet. Is no, he? he's not up yet, but he's on his fourth year option, right? Yeah, this is fourth year. And he's the second round pick. Oh. Okay, so 20, 25. Uh, 25, no, because uh, Clowney's option is, I think, like $17 million this year already, or something like that, or maybe like $12 million. I think it's like $12 million. so that's already counted against the cap that we have, the 56. So add an additional maybe 5 to that for this year, right? Isn't that how it would work if he got paid like $17 million a year? I, sure. I, I don't know I don't enough know. about the I cap. I don't know enough about how the cap works, but I, I don't I know anything 20... about the cap about my cheat sheets, and I didn't realize we were talking about it. Well, so. I don't think we, I didn't expect to either, but we didn't really come in with too much of a plan. But I think 20 million would be enough to set aside for BMAC and Clowney. So technically, then you would have 50 million. Would you be okay with them spending seven to 10 on Jimmy Graham? No, but I'd be okay with five. You'd be okay with five. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just haven't seen enough of Jimmy Graham in Seattle to think that he could still be that player that he was. 
that's, that's probably my biggest concern. Now, Malcolm Butler, I'd love. I wouldn't throw the bank at him, but I'd make him a pretty highly paid uh, corner. Mm-hmm. But like he said, three podcasts well, prior, we could have done that with Bouye and not been in this position Yeah, especially at all. since he wants the same contract that Bouye It's going to end up being the same yeah. contract. Or maybe more now. Yeah. Uh, but there are a lot of, there's a lot of moving pieces in the free agent world. And, uh, I'm excited. I do think that we'll get a starting, we'll get two guards and a tackle. I don't think that we'll get, I think we will sign Suafilo, sign two other guards and a tackle. And I think we'll get like the second best guard in the market. I don't think we'll get Nola. I think we'll get, uh, what's his name? Jensen from Minnesota. Pretty sure. Or something like that. Or, um, what's his face from New York? Puig. Poo. Justin Pug, Pug, uh, yeah, I'd be fine with that. And then I think we'll sign Suafila, and then just like some middle tier, bottom tier uh, guard. And if Suafila doesn't work, we'll try that guy out of guard. But we'll get more into that, I guess, probably next week. Considering that the combine starts on the twenty seventh, and then that following week is free agency, March sixth. Yep. So we technically have two weeks. We got some time. Two weeks until free agency, dude. That's crazy. It came up quick this year. It should be very... I mean, if nothing else, it's going to be very interesting this year. I mean... Brian Car- Brian Gaines, we'll see his, see his cards. Yeah, we'll get to learn. I mean, it's a good year to have a new GM. Oh, we need to sign Bruce, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll sign Bruce. We better sign Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, Dwayne Brown. Your boy on the uh, Arian Foster podcast. You're going to have to tell me about it because I only got to listen to about 15 minutes of it. Yeah, it was very interesting. Obviously, Arian's podcast, for, at least for me, is very, uh, very good. I think it's a very good podcast. Even if you don't like his guests, there's such good conversations that, that he has with his guests on this show. Uh, from the Charlemagne the God one, which I really like because I like Charlemagne, to the Hit Boy one, which to me was awesome because I love that genre of music and the production that goes into it, and to DeAndre, which is a must-see for anybody that is a Texans fan, which if you're listening, I would hope that you're a Texans fan, and if you're not, you, you might have clicked the wrong one on iTunes. Uh, but Dwayne Brown comes on, uh, and... He basically takes us through an entire timeline of when it started to when it ended and also revisits some of the things McNair has said in the past that he has basically not mentioned and that kind of gave him a glimpse into who he thought McNair was originally. Uh, One of them was his rookie year. Uh, 2008, Barack Obama gets elected. He kind of has a little sit down with the players and says something to the effect of, I know all of you guys are, uh, there's a lot of you that are excited, but you know, we'll just figure it out from here or something like that. Basically downplaying the milestone of Barack Obama being the first black uh, president. And then there was another comment made about uh, educating or if there was a better education in the public school system in the, I forgot, it was basically like in the, in the poor neighborhoods, there wouldn't be such an issue is basically what McNair says. And then obviously the inmate comment. So those are the three comments that kind of put 
Dwayne into the thought of what happened with McNair. He uh, he talks about he says that there was no communication from training camp all the way until he reported. Um, front office never called him, never said anything. He now here's where the heat comes in that I was telling you about. He he says that. He has nothing but love for O'Brien and the coaching staff that he rocks with them, that it's all with the front office. I'm not sure if you remember this, but about a month or two ago, Lance Zerline tweeted out that he has a source that tells him that Dwayne Brown was not happy with Bill O'Brien and the way he coaches and that that was a big proponent on why he wanted to be moved as well. And I tweeted right at Lanzer line and said, I don't buy your source. I don't believe that. I think you're making up. I really thought, so if you guys have noticed, there's a big separation of 610 and 790. 790's views, very uh, derogatory, very negative. Um, they'll say whatever they want, as many hot takes about the Texans as possible. 610, more controlled more thought out, more mature thoughts and the process of what they talk about when it comes to commentating on Texans. Zerline comes from the 790 side. Um, and, and so I tweeted at him. I said, I, I don't believe that that's the case. We've never heard rumblings of Dwayne not liking Bill O'Brien. And uh, he basically you know, laughs at me and tells me that his source is his source. And I say, I don't believe you. Uh, and here it is again the player himself coming out and basically saying that he has had no problem with Bill O'Brien. And yet these people are able to put this false narrative on our team and the players that we admire and like to watch and hear. And it's just getting tiring. Well, the NFL has always been kind of the, uh, it's, it's a soap opera for men. It really is. Like that's part of what everybody loves is, is the drama and the off season and all the behind the scenes. But it's it's strange because if you had said Lance said it, Lance Zerline said it, that's almost up there with Pat. With, uh, I would agree with Pat saying it. Sure, Lance Zerline is as good. He's as he's good as it gets. As good as it gets, especially as a draft build, sure. uh, evaluator. Oh, he like, may talent, be one of the best as far as a talent. Yeah. I mean, guy. he. I'm surprised somebody in the NFL isn't actually paying him a bunch of money to do it. Yeah. But for him to have like a, some of these random takes, and I I get it, you're on radio, you have to say these things. They but he's have not to, anymore. That's the thing. He's on he, a podcast. No, he's on radio now. Oh, is he back yeah, on? He's again? back on. He's back on. Is ESPN. he on seven ninety? Uh, whatever ESPN is. I, oh, he's on uh, ninety seven five. Yeah. Really? Yep. He's over there with Sol- Jer- Jerome Solomon, so, huh? Yeah. You've got. He's got to sit there and he's got to fill up pretty much what we do once a week every single day. So you're going to say things, and you're going to get things wrong, and sometimes you're going to just throw things out there because the narrative fits. You, you hear bits and pieces of stories, sure. but unless you actually get it from the player's mouth, you still have a chance of being wrong. Even if everything else you heard, unless it's a direct quote, and then why do you come back when there is a direct quote that says, hey, no, we're cool. It's like, no, no, no. I, I still believe my source. It's like, Yeah, did wait, you what? see our exchange? Because they did it today too, <laughs> so I tweeted at him today and just said, "Hey, I tweet, I retweeted the pod and said, hey, look, it looks like your source was wrong, as I said.'" And he basically says that he stands by his he stands by his source, and 
and all this other stuff. And I'm just, I, I literally tell him in a very respectful manner. This wasn't like anything rude in any way. I, I pretty much said like, hey, you're held in high regard around here. It's okay to be wrong. And then I just put like hashtag. I wonder false. if he's just protecting the source. I just said that's fine. You don't need to say your source though. There's no, 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 no not, not even that. But he just, just protecting in general. Yeah, just protecting him. Not going out there and saying, oh, we were wrong. When he asked me what was wrong and you know, why do I care so much, and it's just you're creating a false narrative about a player and and uh, that was on our team and is also our best offensive lineman in the history of our team. You know, we were a short tenured franchise so far. Uh, we haven't had a ton of amazing players, but Dwayne Brown is. In the top three <laughs> best Texans players in in our franchise, would you agree? Uh, Arian, Dwayne, Andre, right? Top five, maybe. Who would you put above Dwayne? He maybe he is top three. <laughs> yeah, he's top three. I mean, there's nobody else. Matt Schaub, maybe. I would no, not Matt okay, Schaub. Then right, he didn't have a long enough tenure. There's nobody Just, else. Dominic Davis, Steve Slayton. Just, oh, Dave shoot. Gary Kubiak, I guess. All That's right. what I'm saying. Fair There's, enough. Fair yeah, enough. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you you know, if you're going to put out these narratives, just own it and just say, hey, you know what, man, I, I might have been wrong. You know, I, whatever. But uh, anyways, back to the interview. Dwayne Brown was great. He, he really dove deep. He gave you everything you wanted to hear. He was very honest. Um, and he wasn't shy to talk about any of the stuff. Talks about his time in Seattle. Um and him and Dev are are expecting their first child, and it's a boy. So you know, congratulations to both of them. I'm sure they'll be great parents. And uh, I wish nothing but Dwayne Brown the best. It sucks the way it ended. He does say in the podcast how much he loves Houston, how much he hates that it ended that way, how much he wishes he could have ended his career here, and that that's what he wanted to do, and that's why he was trying to get an extension as well, with a long wanting more money, obviously, but uh, that he thought this would be the place where he ended his career and. Uh, it, it's not what happened. He also gets into a great rap debate, which if anybody that likes hip hop music, Nas versus Jay Z beef, uh, Arians, uh, slightly special when it comes to who he thinks won, but, uh, that's Arians prerogative, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I, it was great. It's really worth, it's really worth listening to. It's, it's, it's a very, very good interview. And those two just, it's like, they're just sitting in the locker room bullshitting with each other. It, Which is nice. Just based on what you tell have just said, granted, I'm completely pulling this out of my ass as well. But to me, I just I still think that 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 right there is kind of the friction that Bill O'Brien had with Rick Smith. Um, his guys take care of take care of the guys. Take care of your take care of your guys. Like I think the way that he negotiated with Dwayne Brown after hearing it. That's probably the same way that helps make more sense of AJ Boye's um, quote because they probably negotiated with him in a very similar manner. Yep. Um, that might have been the last time he actually heard. Dang. <laughs> I, I've got to go listen to this now. Yeah, I mean, no, it's really good. I'll be if somebody comes out and tells, gives us more information on Rick Smith's style, and I mean honestly, part of me thinks that Bill O'Brien does need that strong executive to say, "Hey, man." He's your guy, but he's on the decline. Or hey, man, he's your guy, but it'll kill our cap to pay for it. Right. But I'm I'm really beginning to think that's I'm not really beginning to think. I've thought this for a while. Sure. That Rick Smith didn't do enough to get the guys that Bill O'Brien's like. That's my guy. 
Well, and I think that's a big part in, the, in a coach's success. I mean, you have your guys, and you have you know the Bill Parcells guys, like we talked about last mm-hmm. week, and the Belichick guys. You know, every coach has their guys, and, and they have the guys that they want in their locker room. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Dwayne was one of those guys. Yeah, and, and you know, and Aaron made up made a really good point in his podcast that you know, honestly, I haven't thought about, but until today when he when he said it, but you know, Dwayne's thirty two now. Arian says he's like, well, you're you're basically in your prime. He's like, left tackles, right tackles, they play their best football from ages thirty two to thirty six usually. Mm-hmm. So there's still a four year window that you could have been a top tier player at your position. And the team decided to let you go. He's like, that speaks a lot about the the way that they do business over there on, in, at NRG. And I didn't think about it, but you know he's right. If you look at the market last year, Andre Whitworth, I think, is like 35. He got mm-hmm. a stupid contract in St. Louis. Um, I love that you called him St. Louis. <laughs> or, yeah, Los Angeles Rams. Sorry, but yeah, but he did. He got a stupid contract, and there was another tackle that's a little bit older that got a stupid contract. I mean, yeah, look at what Carolina to, paid uh, Rimmer for the Vikings. Yeah, but then you... look at what Carolina paid uh, Khalil, the other Khalil. Yeah, not is it Ryan? I don't know. Or Matt, Matt Ryan? Matt's the center, I think. I don't know. I can't tell the difference. Either way, the dude sucked, and he got almost thirteen or whatever. So we 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 could have gotten Dwayne and could have resigned him and done all this stuff, and you know, I, I wonder. I don't know if I don't want to put like anything out there as far as speculation. I, I don't know, but I wonder if Dwayne had a real problem with. Oh man, this is going to be very like. Uh, I got to walk the line properly on this. Uh, I wonder if Dwayne had a problem with Rick Smith being an African American man working underneath Bob and not. Being supportive in the sense of what Dwayne was looking to accomplish, whether it be the kneeling and then the fist raising, and also showing support for Dwayne and and a thankfulness for what he's done for the franchise. I wonder if that's where a little bit of the disconnect came between Dwayne and Rick. Because Dwayne's Dwayne's very passionate about his beliefs and his, you know, his politics and where he stands and the social injustice stuff. That's all big to Dwayne and Deb. Those are those are huge well, if things. You, if you've ever been to Virginia, which he talks about in there as well. <laughs> no, he talks um, about yeah. coming up in there. You know, the I mean, white players and the cops in high school that were not that way. So there's there's parts of Texas that are like that. I'm not going to pretend they're not. But sure. Virginia, South Carolina, um, they're that East Coast, old old South mentality. Yeah, like it's it it's it's definitely different. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know. I, I, like, I'm not trying to to put a narrative out there in any way. I'm just trying to think about it, about it from all perspectives, and that's the only perspective I, mean, I can think that maybe that was I, true. I don't know where Smith's from. Where's what, Rick Smith from? I have no idea. I mean, my point. I guess what I could see happening with Dwayne is. Rick Smith, as an African-American GM, when there's not a lot of African-American GMs, could have taken a position of leadership on it. I actually, I think we even talked about it where he could have kind of countered out Bob McNair's comments when they all happened. Not to defend Bob McNair. I, I didn't want to go down that road or anything. Sure. But, you know, he could have he could have spoken up. He could have said something. 
And so there might be something to that. I I don't know. I I I really don't know. And I'm not really in a position where I can really comment on that in my opinion. No, I, I but do you see where I'm coming from where that could that could potentially be an issue? Yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to think about it from like every angle we could look at anything and I can understand if that was the case but I think that yeah it could I do have, think I that, think it I think Dwayne wanted Rick to be in a position of leadership with the whole thing and on his side and because Bill O'Brien was yeah and instead of Rick being on his side he seemed to be just turns back on it yeah that's how. Again, I need to listen to the to the podcast because I'm just guessing based on what you're what you're no, saying. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't uh, during that that podcast he definitely doesn't um, uh, say that or or anything like that. I'm just try, like I said, trying to think about it in every way I can. I do think that we made a mistake with Dwayne. You know, uh, Cleve can say whatever he wants as far as him being a turnstile in Seattle and all that stuff, but I think uh, I think Dwayne. I still think that Dwayne has has elite football in him, and and, and it would have been nice to have a, a tackle for the next four years, and and now we just don't, and it wouldn't hurt our cap, uh, you know. And at first, you know, it's funny you try to think of about it from being a fan, so it's like, oh, why would you leave? You know, why would you, why would you turn your back on the city? Um, but then when you start to think about it from a personal standpoint, you know, this is his job, this is what he gets paid to do. Uh, he wanted one more contract, but he made it clear he wanted to be here. And the company basically said, no, we, we don't want you here. Is what they said to him, in his opinion. And that's how he took it. So, you know, whatever. I, I, I don't like that Joanne won't be here, but it is what it is. Any, anything else on Joanne? Yeah, okay. John just shot himself in the head twice. Um, I don't know. The more I think about... Like well, the more- Dwayne, the way the Dwayne Brown negotiations and the way the AJ Boyer negotiations negotiations went, or I didn't just, go, or didn't go, I think that we lost two, like two franchise caliber players over what seems like pettiness, yeah. like over it just sounds like we lost two players because our GM at the time couldn't swallow his own pride that i don't know i don't know that's just what it sounds like to me well so i read an article because i was talking to my buddy the other day tim uh about andre nor or uh whatever his name norwell the guard from carolina because he's a panthers fan and uh, i guess norwell was an undrafted guy out of ohio state yeah and so there was actually an article he sent me that says uh, i think it was like 86 percent of undrafted players in the nfl tend to stay with the team that they signed with when they were undrafted at that moment of like where they could cash in 86% stay with the team that gave them the chance. Uh, So it's more of an anomaly than anything else that an undrafted player leaves a team that gave them the chance during free agency. Uh, So I don't know. It's just weird that the way Bowie was handled too, but Whatever. We'll we'll never know. We'll never ever know until Rick Smith writes a book, and I'm I hope that he does because that we be still very we still won't book. know the whole story. Rick Smith can write a book, and Boye can write a book. Or, I hope they collide. You know, I, all three of them. I I agree. And Andre. I hope and that Quinn. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just go down the list. Um, oh, Glover Quinn. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny how often he comes up. <laughs> that was the first one where I got that that yeah. kind of inkling. That I mean, granted, why would you let him go? I know we're talking. That was what seven, six years ago. But why would you let him go? He played well. I mean, he wasn't who he was in Detroit. He took a huge, huge jump in he Detroit. Did. But he wanted to stay in Houston. Yep. He even said that he wanted to stay in Houston. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And the whole Andre thing, the way Andre was handled. Like, like here, here's here's my thoughts on the way Andre was handled. And Dwayne Brown talks about this, too. You know, whether he was going to catch 40 passes, two catches, or 40 passes, two passes, three passes, you know, one touchdown. Would it have really hurt for us to sit on that dude for two more years? Well, and the way show that, that we take care of our guys. Well, the way that it all turned out, I mean, it's not like he had we forty were, catches. Yeah, I mean, when he was told that he was going to catch forty passes, that was the correct thing to say. But it's not like we went out and got just a, a true game breaker to take his place on the roster. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's not like we were trying to replace him with another Nuck, where I mean, we have two Nucks. There's an. I don't know. Would Hopkins have became the player he did without if um, Andre was still on the roster? I don't know. I think he'd be better. I don't know. I think Andre played a big part in DeAndre's uh, development. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Andre even says that. DeAndre even says that about Andre. Any chance he that gets. He, yeah, that he taught him how to be a pro. He taught him about working out and how, maintaining yourself. and Staying quiet. And, I mean, it, and it's crazy. If you watch Hopkins, he's turning into, into um, Andre. Yeah, like, just watch the Jalen Ramsey battles. Like even physically, the way that he's beginning to yep. to train, it's it's kind of like because they were two completely different body styles still starting out, differently. and now they're kind of I don't know. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, he had that impact on them. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, if you let if we bring, I mean, I don't think it lasts two years. I honestly think that it would have lasted one more year. I was just about to say, I think it would have been one more year, and then Dre would have retired. If they if he. They had that back and forth. You're going to catch 40. Um, and he comes back and he catches 40. I do <laughs> wonder like, how much okay. of, how much of that was O'Brien, though, and how much of that was Rick. I don't know. See, that that's what I wonder. Was O'Brien really the one that told him, hey, you'll only catch 40? Like, that we don't know. I don't remember O'Brien coming out and saying that. That was all speculation that he would catch 40, right? I don't, I don't, I don't remember that being in a press conference or a transcript or it came out from a video. Uh, it came out from Andre Johnson's side. Okay, so so I don't. It didn't come out of Andre Johnson's mouth, but it came out from his, his brother, the negotiations or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I don't know. It's just interesting. I, I think we have a lot of interesting things that are going to happen in the future that we'll be able to look back and if if business is done the way I think we're going to do business, which would be normal business, I think we'll look back in the past and say, "Wow, we lost a lot of years where we could have been maintaining and keeping talent and doing things right." And we didn't. Yeah. I mean, we've, it's be we've obviously been doing something right on who we're finding talent-wise. Sure. Like, we and really, we really have. He let go of a bunch of them. And, I mean, there's a lot of former Texans out in the league. Yeah, there are. There's a lot of former Texans. Look at DJ Swanger, who we gave up on. Well, hell, look at Terrence Mitchell. Look at Terrence Mitchell. I mean, Terrence Mitchell would have been our, our highest-graded uh, cornerback. Look at Brian Brayman. I'm just saying. I know. 
You know, I mean, look, at the, we obviously can scout the talent. There's uh, another offensive lineman that we let go that was starting for Kansas City. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's players out there that we could have done a little bit better job of maintaining. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, we'll be able to really kind of compare the next, the Gaines era versus the Rick Smith era. Uh, and it just sucks that it happened to, you know, Dwayne and Arian and... Andre, I mean, Arian, I get. I don't think there was really anything wrong with the way Arian was saying. He was hurt yeah. all the time. You and Ari- Arian knew it, too. He knew it, and he, and he also just doesn't didn't love the game anymore. Yeah. Pretty much came, has come out and said that. He's found a new niche, and he's very good at what he does now. And that's that. So, um, yeah. So, enough with the Dwayne. Anyways, go, go check out the podcast at least and listen to it and if i if i can recommend anything if you can actually watch it on youtube to get a good context of the body language of Dwayne and, and arian during this conversation um you can see uh Dwayne's lips kind of quiver when he talks a, a little bit about the mcnair comments and things like that so if you have a chance watch it anyways no more plugging the what you know podcast he gets enough pub as is yeah. uh well coaching staff it's finalized we we kept Sean Ryan, which for me, it's the only thing I care about. It's true. It's the only thing I care about. I don't want to change anything up about the way Deshaun's rookie year was. I don't see a reason to. And we added a bunch of experience everywhere else on the on the team. To me, that's the one thing that I think Bill O'Brien lacked in his first four years here is an experienced coaching team. And now I think we have one. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, just Cronell coming back, Rack that's, coming back. That's enough. That's it. I was happy after that point. We could have signed anybody else. I would have liked to have staff. kept John Butler. Yeah, I would have too. I don't know what happened there, but again, I don't. I, I really don't know. So let me ask you this. I don't, I don't know what to think about the uh, running backs coach from Miami um, other than Jay Ajayi. Yeah. I do know that that running back coach pissed off Lamar Miller when he was there. I thought uh, he's only been the running back coach for the last two years. I thought. Two seasons. We've had Lamar for two seasons. Okay. Then I might be wrong. He the might have been co- another co- position the, maybe while he was there, like no, assistant no, no, running run- back coach or something. I know like that. that Lamar Miller was really mad with the running back yeah. coach that was there with him at the Dolphins. I thought that was the same guy, but if uh, I got my time. Hey, I could have screwed up my timelines. I don't know. I don't know. I just know he's been there for two years. So I, I can't say you're wrong or right. I just okay. know that this coach was only in Miami for two years. Okay. Um, and then anyone else of note? Um, of course, Pagano, the special teams. Pagano. Brad Seeley. Um, by the way, do we do a Janowski Shane Leckler reunion? <laughs> no. What? I'd keep Fairbairn over him. I would at least bring Janowski into battle in camp. Fairbairn was shaky at the end. I would keep Fairbairn. No matter what. Even if Janowski outperforms him? I mean, yeah, I'd rather keep Fairbairn. Wow. Then you're going to be missing some cool uh, keggers at the Leckler <laughs> Janowski house in Houston. I know, right? They're going to be mad at me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we, got, we added some experience to our coaching staff. We're all excited about that to me. Just getting racked back. That's really... We don't really think Sean Ryan being back is that impactful? I'm glad he's back. Um, I would have been bummed if he left. 
but I mean, just any changes in a rookie, it's just never yeah. good. I think Bill O'Brien's more the key there. I would agree. So we kept. Oh, I mean, of course, we kept O'Brien. So yeah, I and mean, no I'm, offensive coordinator was hired this year. Yeah. So, so Bill O'Brien will call plays. I'm as excited about our staff as I have ever been, which is you know, it's not a one; it's like a three. Sure. So. I would say I'm more optimistic about this coaching staff than I have been in the past, just given their experience. Yeah, I do wish we had kept Butler, but other than that, pretty happy going forward with what we got. Sure. Um, I guess our little around the AFC South, it looks like the uh, Colts went out and got your guy, Frank Reich. Yeah. Which terrifies me. To replace O'Brien. Yeah, he terrifies me. He's already he's already broken a couple of Houston hearts before. Um so now he gets a chance to do it twice a year. With a all-star Pro Bowl quarterback who, whose arm still is scary. Whose arm still may not be attached to his body. We'll never know until next year. I mean, we've we've had this rant. It, it's a shame. I that be, what scares me is Frank and Jacoby. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can see him doing well with Jacoby Brissett until yeah. luck does come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it scares me because the Colts just fell upwards again. Like It's what they do. I think that Reich will actually be a better coach than McDaniels. McDaniels may be a smarter offensive coordinator, but I think Reich's going to end up being the better coach. And they've lucked into it, and now I think that they've got a pretty good GM there in Ballard. And now with Who the... didn't sign off on the uh, signing of uh, Frank. Oh, really? Yeah, it was an Ursa hire. <laughs> well... You know what? So go figure. But I think I think that the two of them are actually going to work very well together. I agree. And honestly, if that's an Ursay hire after what happened with McDaniel's, yeah. I don't blame him. I don't either. I think it's a unfortunately. I think it's a good. I think the AFC South is starting to shape up, and uh, so it's no longer shit mountain. It's just it'll in- be a, a legitimate thing. I think that there's a very good chance that will be the new norm to have two teams out of the AFC South in the playoffs. Yeah, it's all going to come down to Mariota and Luck. I know everybody's loving Jacksonville and they're sexy and the Glitter Kitties, woo, all that stuff. But uh, until until I see Bortles either either see Bortles continue to have the season he had last year and that defense stays to, at what it was, uh, or if they upgrade the quarterback, I'm not really too worried about Jacksonville. I don't know what it is. I just so, something about them I'm not scared of. And I don't well, know what really it is. it's really hard to when you're in, you're out with, with the defense. As Houston Texans fans, sure. we know this. Yeah. You've got to have a lot of things go your way when you're relying on your defense to win, especially the way the rules are written now in the NFL. Now, the Jaguars have an ungodly amount of talent. They do. When you draft at the beginning of the round, every round for 10 years straight, yeah. somehow you're going to accidentally fall into talent. Yep. But, like you said, as long as they're relying on Bortles, I mean, they scare me, but not really. Uh, the Titans... I think our defense healthier, yeah. or healthy is better than theirs. Yeah. I, I do. I, 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 Especially I, with Rackback. Yeah. I think that the team that scares me the most will continue to be the Titans, because you get Mariota going, he's shown flashes, that he will give people nightmares just like Watson does. Um, Indianapolis is probably a year or two away from having that same level of fear because the Titans are just deeper than the Colts. Sure. Um, Andrew Luck, 
if Andrew looks 100% healthy next year, I, then I, I would, all I would bets are off the table. Yeah. I would say the Colts are the favorite to win that, yeah. that our division. I mean, yeah. Right now, He's Andrew Luck, good. yeah. He changes everything. He's that good. But the Titans have more depth, I think, than Mariota has the potential to be a good quarterback. And if Rabel does the right things up there. Who did he end up hiring? Did he end up hiring an offensive coordinator yet? Um, LaFour from the Rams. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that young. Oh man, what a young staff they have. Yeah, and I Jeez. mean that guy. Who's he's never. He's he's never called plays though. No, I know. I know. He's done. He's, he's done apparently coach, amazing right? with golf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's done amazing things with golf, and he was with somebody else before. He was in uh, Washington before with Kirk with Kirk Cousins. So he's got this long long track work, but he's never called plays. Hmm. So he's probably got a year where he's going to be horrible. And all right, and next week we'll uh, we'll have the Jordan Palmer interview. Uh, so that'll be that'll be very interesting. We're super excited to have him on. It'll be uh, we'll be recording it Tuesday afternoon, and then we'll finish up the podcast Tuesday night. Um, that will probably be it this week, right, John? Anything anything else for the listeners? Okay, as you know, uh, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Amazon, Google Play Store, Stitcher. Uh, make sure that you uh, hit the like and, and subscribe button on uh, all your favorite outlets that you find us on. Please leave a review. Uh, subscription is key on iTunes. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at TXNS underscore unfiltered. Uh, same with Instagram. Uh, and that will pretty much be it. We'll catch you guys next week for Texans Unfiltered. I am Young Ari Gold signing off. I'm just ready to see who you're going to pick a fight with next week. (laughs) (laughs) Tune in. When they had our backs up against the wall and said that we couldn't stand the pressure, we still got it done, man. When they said the clock was winding down and it wasn't enough time to get it done, we still got it done, man. Now it's our time to shine. It's our time to keep it 100. So we're going to go out here and show them how true we are, baby.